Well, good morning. If you've been around for a while, you know we are in week five of this series on becoming beautiful you. It is this person that God originally intended you to be. It's how you started out. Like you're born with all of this in you, but over the course of time and over the course of life and over a lot of decisions in your life, you and I all became less than God wanted us to be. And so we're learning how to get back to that, how to get back to our original design, how to get back to that internal spiritual beauty that God created you with. How many of you want to be the very best that you can be, right? Like half of you, that's amazing to me. And the other half is like, yeah, I'm all right, I'm fine, I'm good right where I am. We're in week five, it's patience. I mean, I was so anxious to get here because this is such a big, big topic. How many of you know somebody that needs to learn this, right? How many of you look at somebody in the mirror every morning that needs to learn this? Yes, we do. I mean, that's just the truth of it. We are the kind of people who need patience and we need it right now. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I need patience. I need it now. Go ahead and tell them. (laughs) How many of you agree we don't like to wait? Don't like to wait, but yet we find ourselves waiting almost all our life. Like when you're a kid, you may not be able to remember back this, but when you're like three and four, and if you had an older, older sibling or neighborhood kids or somebody's already in school, like you couldn't wait to get to kindergarten or first grade. It's like, I just can't wait to get to school. And then when you're in school, it's like, oh, can't wait to get to middle school. And then it's like, can't wait to get to high school. Then I can't wait to get my driver's license. Then I can't wait to graduate. I mean, it's just like, it's always this sense of, I am just waiting. We spend a lot of our lives, a lot of our time waiting. And just in daily life, I mean, all of this, it just tests our patience. Like waiting in line, how, how many of you have ever lost your patience? Maybe you didn't say anything, but you're in that 15 items or less in the grocery store. You've got three items and she's got 17. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, don't do that to me. But then how many of you had 17? It's like, maybe they won't see that under there. It looks like 15. I think I'll just go in the short line because we don't like to wait in line. We just don't like to wait in line. Irritating people, irritating people. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand if you know anybody. You might be sitting by them today. But we are chronically being tested in our patience. And a lot of it has to do with people. I want you to look at our main verse, the verse that we're studying during this whole series. And we're literally learning this verse word for word. When the Holy Spirit controls your life. Now, let's just kind of review that for a second. This isn't you doing you. That's just me being me. Well, that's the problem. This isn't you doing you. This is God doing you. God creating something new in you. Does this make sense to you? It's when the Holy Spirit controls your life. Like, if you want to be your best, it won't happen without God. But with God, you can become beautiful you. And here's what he'll do. He will, he will produce a self-made man. No such thing. Self-made woman. No such thing. He will produce in you, let's say it together, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. 
Here's something that's very interesting about this. When we look at the word patience, there are two other words that very often get translated in there. One is perseverance, and the other is endurance. Like, we think patience is like this calm, passive, almost blissful, like, oh, I'll just wait. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, she has 50 items in the 15 or less line. That's cool. I'm good with, like... Yeah, the light's been green for 20 minutes, and she's still sitting. It's cool. I'll just wait for the next light. No, that's not what patience is. Sometimes it's endurance. I'll just, I'll wait, but I don't like it. Sometimes it's perseverance. I want to quit, but I won't quit. Patience, perseverance, endurance. Same idea in the Bible. Patience, perseverance, endurance. Say it with me. Patience, perseverance, and endurance. Same word in the Bible. Love, joy, peace, patience, endurance, perseverance. That's what God produces in us. The brother of Jesus wrote about this. His name was James, and look what he said. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, consider an opportunity for great joy For you know that when your faith is tested, your, look at this, same word, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. In other words, hardship, hardship, when trouble comes your way, like this is how we get endurance. Do you know you can't get endurance the easy way? Right? The only way to get endurance is to have to endure. The only way to get perseverance is to have to persevere. The only way to get patience is to have to be patient. Somebody told me years ago, if you ever pray for patience, duck. Because there's only one way to get patience, and that's to be put in situations where you have to have patience. That's how God develops all of those attributes in our life. Like if God wants to develop love in your life, he is going to put someone in your life that's a little difficult to love so that you can practice love. It explains a lot, doesn't it? (laughs) It's like, oh, that's why they're, they're in my life. When God wants to develop joy in your life, he puts you in circumstances where you have to build the confidence that God somehow, someway is gonna see you through. That's how you get joy. When God wants to develop peace in your life, he puts you inside of storms to teach you that Jesus will hold you through the storm. And when God wants to, develop patience in you well it's usually going to be about people the people who are in your life this past week Karen had surgery she's doing okay back surgery but those of you who know my Karen girl doesn't like to lay down doesn't want to stop and guess what the instructions are lay down and stop guess who's responsible for making sure she follows the doctor's instructions. This guy. Guess who doesn't like this guy right now? Because I'm telling her to lay down and stop. Like, I I told her the other day, I was writing this sermon, and I told her, I said, honey, you need to understand that I am an instrument of the Lord for you. Because God is using me to create this beautiful, patient you, instrument of the Lord. She said tool, but I think she meant, I think she meant instrument of the Lord. 
That's our house these days. Over and over, God's infinite wisdom in Scripture reminds all of us that we need to learn this beautiful quality. Look at this. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. That's just an example. And then I like this, because we're going to talk about farmers in a minute. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be, here's the word again, be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. Now, don't grumble. So there's, there's a level of patience. Well, wait, but you're going to hear about it every single day. That's one level. But then there's a level of patience where we don't grumble. It's like, you know what? I'm going to be better than that. I don't like it, but I'm not going to be that negative Nelly. I'm not going to be that want I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to not grumble while I wait. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, for you'll be judged, or you'll be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience in your suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great, and look how he just interchanges the word. He'd used patience a couple times, now he goes to this one. Remember patience, perseverance, endurance. You're going to see those interchanged in the Bible a lot, okay? So we think about the patience of Job, right? How many of you have heard about the patience of Job or that expression? Man, she has the patience of Job, right? But it actually is this idea of endurance because Job wasn't quiet. Job, Job yelled at God at one point. Job questioned God. Why are you doing this? He wasn't patient in the traditional like passive, quiet. That's not who Job was. But he didn't give up on his faith. He didn't stop believing. He endured through his suffering. And you can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. We're going to talk about that. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. In this whole passage we just read, Job or or James uses the word patience, perseverance, or endurance six times. Like in just this little section of the Bible, six times. Patient, 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 six times. Because you and I need patience a lot in life. How many of you know this? Hurry, put your hands up. How many, like, we need patience a lot in life. Like, for instance, I need patience when I've lost control. When I've lost control. Have you figured out that a lot of your life is beyond your control? A lot of things you just can't fix or change? James, the brother of Jesus, used a farmer as an example. It's not really, whenever any kind of agricultural uh, illustration is used in the Bible, I really have to study it because I was raised on blacktop. I'm a city boy. So like farmer, I don't know much about farmer, but as you study farming, what you realize is those guys had to have a lot of patience. Here's what James says. Be patient, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. Look how he's patient. What James is saying, you don't want to go into farming unless you are patient. Because I guess a part of the job description of being a farmer is to be a patient person. Farmers do a lot of waiting. They have to wait till the right time to plow up the field and turn up the soil. You can't just do that any time during the year. You got to do it at a certain time of the year. Then you have to plant, but you can't do that 
any time during the year. You have to wait till the right time of the year. Then you have to do fertilizing and nutrients, but you can't do that just any time of the year. You have to wait for the right time of the year to put that into the soil. And then you have to wait for it to grow. Then you have to wait for it to, to harvest it. I mean, it seems like what farmers do is just wait. And that's all the stuff they can control when to plant, when to, you know, till up the soil, when to add fertilizer, when to harvest. That's stuff they'll be busy doing. Think of all the stuff they can't control, like the weather. If they get enough rain or the economy in the agricultural sector, will they even get a return on their investment? I mean, being a farmer takes a lot of patience because a lot of their life is spent waiting over things that are out of their control. So when James is writing about be patient, he's like, oh, how can I explain? Oh, a farmer. I'll use a farmer. Because everybody understands that a farmer is always, always, always waiting. How many of you have something in your life right now where you're waiting on something? Waiting on something. Yeah, I mean, that's many of you. I know a guy, and he's waiting right now to get approved for a small business loan. Now, here's what you need to understand about that. Getting that loan will be the difference on whether he stays in business or loses his business. Now, imagine being in that situation. You're sitting there. It's, I mean, he's applied, turned in all the paperwork, signed all the forms, and now it's out of his control, and the direction of his life is on the line. And all he can do right now is what? Is wait. Now, what's his decision? His decision is not if he'll wait. He has to wait. The only decision is will he wait patiently or impatiently? We need patience when life is out of our control. I also need patience when I am waiting for people to change. Watch out now. James keeps talking about this. Look what he says. As an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Now see, the responsibility of a prophet was to speak God's word to the people so that the people would turn their hearts to God, so that the people would change their lives in the right direction. So the prophets speak to the people, and now they've got to wait to see whether or not those people are going to do the right thing and change. That's a hard place to be in. I mean, most of the time, if you read the Bible, prophets would speak, people would change for a little bit, but then they'd go right back to doing what they were doing before. I mean, I heard about a guy. He gave up being a pastor. He quit being a pastor to become a mortician. And when his friend said, why did you quit being a pastor to become a mortician? He said, because when I was a pastor, people would ask me for my advice to help straighten out their lives, but then they'd just go back and do what they wanted. He said, but now when I straighten them out, They stay straight. I thought, that's, I think I'm going to be a mortician. That's what I'm going to do. Do you have anybody in your life that you know they need to change 
and you're waiting and praying and hoping for them to change, but you have to wait for them to change. Anybody? We need patience with people. Now, we need to connect our behavior with the behavior of God on this one. This is really important because if we want to be godly, and we want to be godly, right? We want to be like God, right? If we want to be like God, this is a key attribute, patience, because God is more patient with us than we deserve. Now, I'm going to ask for 100% of the hands to go up. How many of you know that God has been more patient with you at some point in your life than you deserve? Let me see your hands. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So here's the deal. If we're going to be godly, we have to learn to be more patient with people, hear me, than they deserve. Not to the point they deserve, and then stop. More patient than they deserve while we're waiting for them to change. Let me back this up with Bible. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience. I mean, this could be my life story. I'm the worst of sinners. I guess God had mercy on me because he just wanted me to be an example to the rest of y'all. How patient he is because he was so patient with me. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Like you look at my life and say, if God's patient with him, he's going to be patient with me. Maybe I'm going to have a relationship with him too. Does this make sense? Here's another verse. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this not mean anything to you? I mean, we know God's been more patient with us than we deserve. You just raised your hand and said that. Me too. Big time, big time. So now I have to translate that into how patient I am with other people. Does this make sense to you? So while we wait for people to change, we have to be patient. Here's another one. I need patience when life doesn't make sense. When life doesn't make sense. There are a lot of times life doesn't make sense. You look at it and you go, huh? What? Scratch your head. It's like, I don't know. And the example that James, the brother of Jesus, gave us was this guy named Job. You've heard of Job's perseverance. Now, I'll give you a little backstory. Job was the wealthiest man of his day, uber rich. He had everything going for him. Had a big family, had a great family, had a big business, had a successful business. He had great health and vigor. He was married. I mean, he just had, like his, like his life was put together, fairy tale almost. It was perfect. But in a 48-hour period of time, he lost every bit of it. He went bankrupt. His children died. He got an incurable, deadly disease. Very, very painful. I mean, you think you got problems. In two days, everything about his life was lost. His family, his friends, his finances. I mean, he was suffering materially, physically, socially, every way. One day his wife comes into him and says, curse God and die. <laughs> Talk about a support system. 
right? He lost everything in his life except a nagging wife. Worst part of Job's suffering, he had absolutely no idea why it was happening. He asked God. He didn't understand it. Book of Job is 40-something chapters long. For 37 chapters, God does not even talk to Job about why it's happening. That had to seem unfair. That had to seem pretty tough. Like that was one of those times like, am I, am I going to just wait to see how this works out? And how am I, am I going to wait patiently, trusting with hope? Job didn't understand. None of those problems were explained to him by God. And yet through it all, what we're told is that he endured. Didn't lose his faith. He was angry at God. He had questions for God, but he didn't stop believing in God. When we wait on circumstances to change, because we can't control them, and when we wait on people to change, because we can't control them, and when we wait on problems to pass, because we can't explain them or understand them or change them, we need in our life this steady, solid attribute of patience, perseverance, endurance. So what are you waiting on God for right now? I mean, some of you have prayed a prayer and you've prayed it and prayed it and prayed it. You need your circumstance to change. You need a need provided for. You need God to work in somebody's life, somebody you care about. Listen, your ability to be patient is based on your ability to believe correctly. Like what you believe about God while you're waiting changes everything. What you believe about his goodness changes everything. What you believe about his power changes everything. And if you believe incorrectly, it's going to be pretty hard to persevere. I'll just be honest with you. If you believe incorrectly, it's going to be pretty hard to endure, pretty hard to be patient. But if you can believe correctly about God in those times, like, that's going to change your life. That's going to change your life. Here's what the Bible says. Well, first of all, while you wait, you can be sure that God is at work. That God is at work. This first thing you should believe. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you didn't see God working until later on? And then you look back and say, oh, he was working. Yeah, many of you have had this experience. Me too. Like this is the thing, like, like this is the scripture here. Be patient, stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Like Job says, let me give an example of this. He says, you know, you all, you people, like they were suffering. The Christians were suffering during this period of time. They were being persecuted just for being 
Christians during this time, and they were wondering, why hasn't God come back? Why hasn't Jesus come back like he promised? And, and Job is saying, stand firm, be patient. The Lord's coming is near. I mean, matter of fact, he says it a couple times in this passage of scripture. For decades, they'd been waiting for Jesus to come back. They didn't understand why they were being imprisoned and beaten and economically starved. Some of them were beheaded. Most of them were tortured. Why is this happening? Where is Jesus? I mean, this was their question. And he says, Job says, be patient. You got to believe that God is working. You got to believe his timing will be perfect. You got to believe he's going to keep his promise. This required them to believe that God was working while they couldn't see it. This is a big step of faith. That God is methodically working in history to orchestrate the second coming of Jesus. That's what James asked his people to believe. That God was working good, a good conclusion to the story. You know what history is? His story. It's his story. And God is working his story to a good conclusion. So James wanted them to believe, if you can hang on to the fact that God is working his story perfectly and for good, then you can believe that he's working in your story perfectly and for good. And though the situation may be out of your control, and though you're frustrated by God's slow timing, I mean, you say, Brad, I don't see him working. I, I don't feel him working. Let me ask you a question. Can the farmer see the work of the seed while it's underground, establishing its roots before it breaks through. Can he see that? No. But he has to believe that. I toiled in the soil. I planted the seed. I have to believe there's work there, even though I can't see it. I want you to look at this verse about Job. Family gone, finances gone, health gone, but you have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. I told you, the book of Job is 40-something chapters long, 37 chapters. He doesn't even really hear from God. But what we come to see in those last few chapters of the book of Job is that God was working all the time. That, God, that Job's suffering wasn't going to be the end of the story. That God, in fact, at the end of the story, blessed Job's life more at the end than he had ever blessed Job before. Listen to me. A delay does not mean a denial. We get confused on this. You've been praying for an answer, praying for an answer, asking God to change something, asking God to do something. And because he hasn't yet, you concluded that he said no. Maybe he hasn't said no. Maybe he's just said not yet. Does this make sense to you? The fact that God's timing isn't satisfying you, isn't meeting your standard, doesn't mean he's denied 
what you want. There is a big difference between no and not yet. Do you see that? My impatience comes because I'm in a hurry and God isn't. Who's been there? I'm in a hurry. God's not. God says, be patient while I'm working in ways you cannot see. While I am waiting, God is working. Say it with me. While I am waiting, God is working. It's what the Bible tells us. And we know, we know that in all things, God is what? God's working. I don't know what kind of problems you walked in with today, but regardless, financial need, health crisis, relationship challenges, God is working. And if you believe that, it will change the way you wait. You following me? What we believe affects how patient we're going to be. See, sometimes God answers your prayers quickly. I love that. I want more of that. I want to pray it. It's like a drive-through window. I want my food waiting for me between when I order it, drive around that corner, and roll down my window. That's how I want God to be all the time. Am I alone? I want it fast. I want it hot. Crispy French fries. Right when I want them. I want a big yes from God all the time. Sometimes he does that, and I love that. Sometimes, though, God says, let's just go a little slow here. He's not saying no. He's just saying slow. And then sometimes he just gives us a big fat red light. He says, nope, nope, because you need to grow. Sometimes it's go, sometimes it's slow, sometimes it says you need to grow. Let me give an example of this. How many of you know what Pop Warner football is? You know, these little bobblehead kids, like they're this big and their football helmet's this big and it spins around on their head, you know, and they're just out there bumping into each other. It's the cutest thing you ever saw. What if one of these little kids, you know, six years old, bobblehead out there playing football, says, I want to play in the NFL. God, I want to play in the NFL. And what if God looks down on that kid and says, I want you to play in the NFL. I'm going to answer that prayer with a Yes. You get to play in the NFL. And you start next week. Would that be loving or that'd be just mean? It'd be mean. That little kid get killed. What God's saying is yes, but not yet. You need a lot of years to get ready for this prayer to be answered in your life. You need a lot of time to be able to carry the responsibility of getting hit by a 350-pound linebacker. You need a lot of muscle added to those little, bo- those little bones, little boy. Yeah. Who, who's following this illustration? The yes is coming, but there has to be a lot that happens before it does. Sometimes God is allowing the circumstances, allowing the pressure allowing the people who are around you and driving you crazy to grow you in this season. He's got the yes waiting. You're just not ready to receive the yes yet. Look at the Bible. 
We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for they know they help us to develop endurance. This is what God is doing in you. Remember, endurance, perseverance, patience. He's allowing this so that you can have this. Why? Because once you get this, he can answer your prayer. Once you get this, he can trust you with the blessing. Once you get this, you'll be responsible with the gift. But until you get this, it would almost be mean for God to give you a yes. Because you'd mishandle it. It could ruin you. You could get hurt with it. Who's tracking with me? And this hope will not disappoint. For we know how dearly God loves us. He's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. So we just live with hope. We just live with hope that God, when he's ready, God, when it's right, he's going to do the right thing for us. If you believe that, it's going to change the way you wait. It'll change the way you wait. Okay, while we wait, you can be sure that God rewards patience. James said this, as you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. Blessed. I told you after Job suffered, God gave him double everything that he'd had previously. Because God does that. So what do we do in the meantime? Brad, I'm in the meantime. How many years do we spend living in the meantime? We, we spend a lot of our time in the meantime. Would you agree with that? Like in the meantime, okay, Brad, that's cool, but that's theory. What do I do today? While I'm waiting, in the meantime, what do I do today? I'm glad you asked. While you wait, you can wait. How? Expectantly. A farmer doesn't do all the waiting a farmer is required to do unless he expects a harvest. Can you imagine how frustrating life would be if he didn't expect a harvest? He just plants it out, probably nothing's going to happen. That'd be a miserable life. But he plants it, and he thinks about three months from now, I'm going to have something here. The Bible challenges us to live this way, almost like we're on tiptoes. You know, a little kid, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see. That's how we're supposed to wait. I want to see what God's going to do. I want to see what God's got next. Expect it because they believe it's going to be good. A kid wouldn't do that if he thought it was going to be bad. I want to see, ooh, that's awful. I want to see, ooh, that's horrible. I want he wouldn't get on his tiptoes anymore. But because it's going to be good, we wait like this. I thought, I, I, I had this thought. I'm going to have everybody stand up and get on their tiptoes. But I'm not going to do that to you today. <laughs> Too many Charlie horse age people in here. Say, oh, oh, I pulled a, pulled a hamstring. Here we go. I wait how? I wait expectantly. And what am I doing? Trusting God to help for he has promised. I've asked you this question three times already. Here's the fourth. What are you waiting for from God? Maybe to address a long-term illness. Or to transform your marriage. Or to reverse your financial problems. Or to see your kids turn their life around. Do you expect God to do that? See, remember, it's what you believe about God that's going to affect how you wait. If you expect God to do that, 
you will wait differently. You'll wait differently. A lot of times I'm waiting on God, or it feels like I'm waiting on God, but you know what's really going on? God's waiting on me to get there. God's waiting on me to be a different kind of waiter. God is saying to me, Brad, I need you to grow up. I need you to get some spiritual depth in your life. I need you to quit fretting every time I make you wait. I need you to quit whining every time I make you wait. I need you to trust me more and expect me for better. Expect from me for better. And when I do that, I feel blessed. When I do that, I feel peaceful. When I do that, I wait differently. I can tell you this. God is at work in your life right now, whether you see it or not. And if you walk away with just one thing today, walk away with that because you'll wait differently. How many years did Jesus minister on this earth? Three. From the age of 30 to the age of 33. Can you imagine? He knows he's the son of God. He knows he has a mission to change the world. But God made him wait 30 years before he started to do what he was supposed to do. And he knew it the whole time. Knew what he was supposed to do. Whole time. He says at the age of 12 to the religious leaders, I'm supposed to be about my father's work. Knew it as a 12-year-old. But his father said, no, time's not right. Time's not right. 30. And then he had three years. And in those three years, he changed the world. The Lord says, no one who waits for my help will be disappointed. Wait expectantly. Here's another one. While you wait, you can wait hopefully. Job never lost his hope. It's really interesting to me. Job never lost his hope. You know one thing Job said? It's like one of the most remarkable verses in the Bible. He says, though God slays me, still I will trust him. I want to be that. I want to get there in my faith. It's learning to hope. It's learning to hope. What is hope? Hope is holding on, praying expectantly. Hope is holding on, praying expectantly. Let's say it. Hope is holding on, praying expectantly. This means you're not getting nervous. You're not forcing it. You're not taking it into your own hands. But you are expectant. There's this verse. This one's hard. I'm going to give this one to Karen. Be still. <laughs> Karen, if you're watching online, baby. Get back in bed right now. <laughs> I was in the shower this morning. I got up, walked out. She's not in the bed. She's in the kitchen. What are you doing in it? back in the bedroom? Be still before the Lord. Yesterday, I was on a Zoom call. This isn't in my notes. You got a minute? Be patient with me. I've had a hard week. I'm on a Zoom call. We have sliders that look out onto our deck from my office. I'm on a Zoom call, and I see something out of the corner of my eye. I look out. There's my wife in her pajamas walking across our deck. Get off my Zoom call. Get back in bed. You might... She's on Norco. <laughs> I've got video. It's going to be awesome. 
you, you need to understand, that's my wife. She doesn't even know this is in the Bible. Can't wait to get home. Whip out the word of God on her. Be still before the Lord. Why? Because you are waiting patiently for him to act. Man, I'm taking too much time. Here we go. While you wait, you can wait obediently. Wait obediently. This is a point. This is worth the price of admission. Sometimes God makes us wait for the next step until we've taken the last step that he asked us to take. Oh, I'm just waiting for God to answer my prayer. That's a lie. He already answered your prayer. You just don't want to do what he said. He's waiting for you to take that last step. Why should he give you another step until you've taken the last step? Does this make sense? That makes sense, right? It's an obedience issue. It's an obedience issue. Sometimes we say, yeah, God just hadn't answered my prayer. I'm still waiting. No, you're waiting for God to change his mind is all you're doing, and he's not going to change his mind. So here's my counsel to you. When God closes a door, walk away from it. When God opens a door, walk through it. And if the door is cracked, just be really careful. Just be really careful. All right? Finally, finally, last point. While you wait, keep doing the next right thing. Keep doing the next right thing. When I was far from the Lord, and God began to turn my life around, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't want to be back in church ministry. Couldn't find a job. It was a very, like, I knew I needed to walk with the Lord again. I knew I needed to change my life in every way again. But I didn't know much beyond that. And then I thought, well, what, what do I know for sure? I knew I needed to find a job. And I found one at Starbucks. Part-time barista. eight twenty-five an hour. 23-year-old boss. Not what I expected but I needed a job, needed to pay my bills, needed to make good moral decisions, needed to love my kids, needed to be open to more healing in my life, needed to get back into the scriptures. See, I found out that there was actually a lot I could do while I was waiting for the next thing. Does this make sense? I, I don't know what to do. Do what you know to do. Just do the next right thing. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. See, you and I do not have a choice if we will wait on God. We don't have a choice if we will wait on God. We're going to be in that position a lot in life. Just get used to it. Our choice is whether we will wait patiently, expectantly, and obediently. And that kind of patience, that kind of waiting will actually change your life. It'll change your life. Let's pray. Jesus, there's just so much good. I mean, I could have gone another hour. There's just a lot of richness in this topic and when, what the scripture teaches us. And we all need it. We all need this in the deepest way. So thank you, Father, for what you've revealed. You've opened some of our eyes, some of our hearts to new thinking, to new principles that can guide our life and develop in us this beautiful quality of patience. We thank you for Jesus, our example, for James, his brother, who wrote this for us, and for everybody who opened their heart and their mind to what you have for us today. Thank you. 
In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen, amen and amen.